Welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga series and Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. And this week, we're talking about Zahn, and we are joined by our guest today, Maxi. Maxi, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited to do this one. <laughs> I'm hearing that strong... Um, I was trying to think of like a country where it wouldn't be like offensive to like, make a clearly blatantly... That powerful French accent, you know? Yeah, fuck, I fucked it up. That's what you... Oh, I forgot, making fun of the French. I just hear the snails coming out of your mouth when you're talking, man. He's actually smoking three cigarettes in a cafe right now while we're recording. Frog legs just flowing out of me. They're all very thin cigarettes, too. Yes, yes, they're cigarellos. <laughs> That's not what a thin cigarette is. Anyway, yeah, no, how can you not get excited about Zahn? The most interesting manga I've ever read. Jordan, I'm starting to think you don't like it, but I do want to hear a little bit about our guest. So, Maxi, do you mind telling the audience who you are? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm Maxi B, Maxi the B on Twitter. <laughs> I'm mostly known as a manga community personality, which is to say that I don't create a lot of stuff right now, but a lot of people seem to know who I am because of the things I do do. <laughs> yeah, I know. I said do do. It's great. <laughs> I was going to say, hey. Oh, this guy's a fucking legend. He realizes why I love. <laughs> people mostly know me for doing <laughs> things like a giant 50 magazine thread where I told everyone the general vibe of every like manga magazine I could think of. An assistant chart that has since been done better by someone else. Mm -hmm. And a podcast that existed about a decade ago called Friendship Effort Victory. Ooh. Mm. People keep wanting me to go back to, but I'm not very good at making myself right. So Aww. one day, maybe. I understand. Funny enough, that dealt a lot with cancelled manga. So <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's joint ground. I'll give you a tip. Just don't make a podcast. It's a terrible idea. Yeah, no, only idiots make podcasts. <laughs> but, you know. That's cool about the assistant chart. I think I talked in the Discord. It would be cool to show like an influence chart. You know how like, for instance, Jujutsu Kaisen was very influenced by Hunter Hunter, Hunter Hunter on Dragon Ball Z, or like Chainsaw Man was influenced on Jujutsu Kaisen. Just see like kind of the family. JJK is influenced by Naruto and that it just did Naruto better. It's pretty much what if Tagashi had made Naruto. It's pretty much JJK. Yeah, yeah, that, that's not super wrong. I can kind of see that, right? but in a way, I feel like that does a disservice to like every series involved in the sentence. Okay, listen, I'm rereading <laughs> Yu Hakusho, and Yu Yu Hakusho has not aged well. Oh, no. Yu Yu Hakusho is very hit or miss. Like, I remember going back to the Dark Tournament saga. Like, it starts out with, like, a fantastic match. The next one is so fucking stupid, and it's just, I don't care about this random group of three dudes and the fucking, like, Frankenstein, Victor Frankenstein yeah. dude who control. Like, that sucked. Like, can we move on? But it got way better, of course. Here's the thing, also, I'm pretty sure the anime is known for fixing a lot of the issues in yes. the manga. It's to tell you that the anime still has issues shows like, in Yu Hakusho, like, characters just kind of come out of nowhere. Literally, they're like, oh, who could this max fighter that Yusuke recruited to our team be when there's literally, like, three supporting characters in the entire cast that are not currently present? Yeah. But anyway, hey, listener, if you can't tell, <laughs> the fact that we're talking about Yu Yu Hakusho means that we kind of might not want to talk about Zan or something. I don't know. But yeah, why don't we start talking about Zan? <laughs> okay okay only if maxi allows it maxi is that okay it's not that i want to have you all experience the pain of zan but i want this suffering to get worse as we go so absolutely let's let's get in well you already made us uh experience it so it's too late for that <laughs> are you experienced uh... <laughs> that's our one music reference for the episode I wanted to send you all back to where I was in 2006 when I got into forums, so I inflicted upon you a bad comic. <laughs> <laughs> that is most comics that I read in 2006, yeah. 
Oh, God. All right. But let's uh, let's move on to the manga details. All right. So this manga was created by Sugrita Naoya, who, Jordan, <laughs> this is the second series we've covered by this offer. What did he make before this or after this, I guess? Oh, it certainly is the second series we've covered. Uh, the first one is SWAT, which. Um, yes. Oh, you know what? SWAT still might be worse than Zod. <laughs> It might actually be. It might be, but that is not even remotely um, praise for Zahn. Yeah. Which should go to show you the level of quality that this author uh, produces. Yeah, I re- he's made some other one shots since. I'm actually kind of surprised he hasn't left the industry based on the fact that he's not very good at making manga. <laughs> But this ran from July 24th, 2006 to November 27, 2006. So this is both an old manga and a short-lived one, luckily. And it ran for two volumes, 18 chapters. And actually, we read this because of our guest asking some Maxi. I'm curious, what made you say, I want to talk about this on Shonen Flop? A big part of it is that you guys did SWAT. And mm-hmm. when I was like first like giving you a podcast to go, SWAT is the one I, I laser went to because <laughs> it is maybe the weekly Shonen Jump series that I hate the most. Yeah, that's understandable. Yeah, there's maybe like six things I've ever rated one star from Weekly Shonen Jump uh, in my very boring and detailed five-star rating system. SWAT, I would give it a zero if I could. Yeah. It's both nothing and the absolute pits at once. Exactly. And I don't know how it does both. And Zan is interesting because I think it's better than SWAT, as we're all saying, like, it's hard to be as bad as SWAT. Yeah. Because it's more amateurish and actually more crappy. Like, the the worst thing that happens with Anaoya Sagita is that he learns how to do are and the more he learns the more boring his work gets which <laughs> yeah. is actually worse whereas like Zan is interesting because it looks like you could get a 12 year old to come up with this in like the lined pages of a notebook in the back yeah. you know this feels like something that a high schooler made fascinating because it got published in the most popular magazine in all of japan like for comics yeah like they went hey we're the most mainstream publication available we publish all the greats we're currently riding on a high with like one piece and hunter hunter bleach and naruto time to put zan into the mix and my god was that a decision they could have made oh yeah I really just wanted to make you guys come back to this terrible author and see <laughs> what came before. Maybe it was like motivation where it's like, if we're willing to run this dog shit, no one is safe. You know, you can all be replaced. My main theory on this, and I've mentioned this to you guys before, I think what might happen is that Sugrita is just really fast at putting these things out. Yeah, this man has never missed a deadline in his entire life, you can tell. If he missed a single deadline, he would have been fired. But because it's just like, if you're consistent and you can just do things really quickly, you'll basically always have a job, you know? That was like kind of the issue we had with Time Paradox Ghost Rider, where this dude could literally like crank out content like twice as fast. And he's like, why can't I get a job? And I'm sure like that's bullshit. Anyone would hire this dude if he literally had that work put. They would just like tell him what to do. You really telling me that the manga publication that ran Zan and fucking SWAT is going to turn down this dude's comic because it's not like as good as Dragon Ball Z or One Piece, <laughs> which is basically what they said in Time Paradox. <laughs> yeah. Still love it, though. Maxi, have you read Time Paradox Ghost Rider? I have. And I think like a lot of people, I hit that point early on with it where I was like, okay, this is working us. This is secretly really good and has something yeah. to say about the nature of plagiarism. And then you get further in and you go, oh, no, it's just really bad. Oh, we completely Uh-oh. disagree. We fucking love that manga. <laughs> Oh, so Maxi, actually, if you ever have a chance, I can send you the tier maker where we have a tier for every series we've covered so far. And I'd love to see what your version looks like. Yeah. 
Oh, I'd love to see how it goes because the the amount I was like quietly throwing to myself hearing you guys like uh, diss on Boxan, I was like, oh man, like <laughs> there are areas we disagree. Oh my god! Oh wow, that's not what I expected. I'm the one fan. I gave it two stars, so it must be good. <laughs> All right, but I think we are definitely having too much fun talking about things that are not this series. Oh, with any chance we get not to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. I really oh, want yeah. to hear oh, Jordan's yeah. wonderful plot summary. Yes. I also want to say before I forget, I want to give a absolute big thanks to Joey. Joey was super awesome guest. He introduced us to Cop and Dolphin, one of our favorites. Yeah. And I want to just thank you so much for putting us in touch with Maxi. I can already tell you're going to be a great guest and you're an awesome member of the Shonen Flop Discord community. Yes. Thank you, you're truly flattering me. <laughs> yes, and speaking of flattering, let's hear Jordan's attempt to summarize what, whatever the fuck this manga was about as we go into about the manga. Well, I did my best to make as detailed of a plot summary as possible. I think you did a great job. It's an alternate world where Japan has the Second Amendment, but for swords, so like everyone's obsessed with swords. There's a kid, and he's got a really shitty dull sword that's actually good if you're a master, but he sucks, except he doesn't suck. He's actually a master, but he thinks he sucks. He gets a crush on a feminist girl who's good with swords and wants to prove that girls are strong by losing fights and being a damsel in distress. The shitty sword kid then saves her life from an incel, and then feminist girl immediately falls for him. Popcorn David. Then there's a guy who looks like Ichigo with a scar, who's a cool ninja, and he's a bad guy, but he fights shitty sword kid and realizes he doesn't suck, so they become friends. Then some sort of douchebag kid gets a crush on feminist girl and kidnaps her before sicking his bodyguards on them. One of the kids looks like Ichigo smoking a joint, and after getting beaten up, he joins the shitty sword kid and scar Ichigo, who looks identical to him because the artist sucks. Popcorn, Maxi. <laughs> the short guy makes a feminist girl sword fight him, but he gives her a tiny sword, or as people not in Swordland would call it, a dagger. <laughs> so she's getting cut a lot. Thankfully, a third faction that doesn't really matter as the student council appears, consisting of a teenage girl with big boobs and Sasuke, like literally just- Literally Sasuke from Naruto, just Sasuke is in this manga. Yes. It's like, if you've ever seen the bigger number four video with eggs, it's that, but with a person. <laughs> It's a timely reference. Boob girl saves feminist girl. It's really sad that those terms are perfectly accurate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Before deciding to try killing her until they have a girl moment and agree that gender doesn't matter and you can just ignore sexism. Yeah. Meanwhile, Eyepatch Wolf murders Sasuke and shitty sword kid beats up Eyepatch, but he got really cut up in the process and had to go to the hospital. A couple weeks go by and he's out of the hospital. Dead serious. That's it. That's the ending. He's out of the hospital. Does a little wave while they're like friends up top. He's down below. That's it. The stupidest time skip I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> you know something? In every other time skip we do, even the dumb ones, there's a moment where it's like, ah, we're going forward and we've accomplished, look at what we've accomplished and we're doing this. Like with this, it was just like, oh, hey, he didn't die. And it's like, why'd you even show me the time skip? The series might have been very minusculely, slightly more interesting if you didn't do that. Normally when you get like a that sort of time skip King Crimson effect ending, like everyone's changed a little bit and you learn what they've been up to. Yeah. But all you get in this is like Sasamori going, I might join the student council, who were trying to kill him previously, yeah. of course. And that's it. That's all you learn. Yeah, yeah. I also love how the main character got like a huge cut on his like eye and there's no scar Doesn't whatsoever matter. Doesn't a month matter. after he gets an extremely deep wound on his face. Yeah. Yeah, like you'd think that would be room for like some sort of clever reference being like, oh, now, now he matches with his friend, or now he too has an eye patch like his enemy. And it's like, no, that was just a moment that meant nothing. Didn't matter. Nothing in the series mattered. But we do have to go through the characters. So let's get started on that. We'll try. Yep. And Jordan, I know you put that super eye patch thing in for me. Thanks, big guy. <laughs> I did. You're very welcome. I'm glad you put that in because I wasn't expecting it and was trying <laughs> not to laugh while yeah. reading the rest of the sentence. <laughs> 
One day we'll get Super Eye Patch. We'll fund the show. One day. So let's get into the main character, Murray Yamazan. He is super strong, master of the unsharpened blade. He has a timid personality. He has a mysterious dead father, which didn't matter. Didn't matter even remotely. Edgy in combat through some alternate personality thing that they just don't explain whatsoever. Okay, so here's the issue. Imagine you're watching Yu-Gi-Oh! And Yugi just turns into Yami Yugi. They don't explain it. They don't make any reference to the fact that there's a pharaoh there. You don't hear, like, his internal monologue. It's just all of a sudden you turn, you look back, and oh wow, Yugi's a little taller, and he's good at cards now. It's actually like just as cynical as that, but if you've ever seen or read Hitman Reborn, like that series had been around for a couple of years at this point with the same sort of personality switch gimmick going on, mm. but being shot in the head to make it happen. <laughs> and so you can tell that this author just looked at that and said, oh, that's how you get popular, is by doing that exact thing. Didn't that have series have like a gimmick where you wouldn't die if you wanted to kill yourself or something? <laughs> The will to live after being shot in the head makes you become like really fired up, but there are other ones that can leave you like more bummed out and everything. Like Reborn's a wild comic if you guys have never read it. I know two things about that series. That and the fact that they had like an entire fake out story arc and everyone got so mad that I'm pretty sure the series got canceled because of how badly it pissed everyone off. It's close to that. Actually, it did all right for its last few story arcs and it finished with a two chapter storyline that said, what if actually nobody's changed <laughs> and we just leave it where the series started, which was a bold move for uh, a series that had like literally spent the whole series changing everyone, having them develop and grow and then turned around and said, nah. It's like how Sonic 06 uh, erases itself from the continuity at the end of the uh, at the end of the game, so you can't even get yes. mad at it. Reborn is just Sonic 06, oh! so the same series. All right. Okay, alright, but I, I know we're going to have a very fun <laughs> audio uploading where we'll talk about Sonic 06 and maybe any manga that actually had good endings, but we do have more characters to discuss. So Jordan, can you tell us about the, don't want to say token female, but the series literally calls her the token female character. Well, first, David, I would like to I take issue with the fact that you said we have more characters, but yeah, her name is Tsukushima. She is the feminine feminist girl I mentioned in the uh, plot summary. By the way, Murray Amazon is the shitty sword kid. So Tsukushima, all of her dialogue is, I want to prove that girls are strong. I want to show that girls are powerful too. And then the mangaka spends the whole manga showing, no, actually, girls are not very strong because this girl that everyone thinks is strong constantly is getting her ass kicked and constantly getting saved by Zan and she gets a crush on him. And it's like, dude, why did you even bother? Why did you even have her say that if you're just going to have her do the complete fucking opposite. Like, oh my god, it's bad. She has the personality and the character depth of a sheet of paper. Yeah. Like, it's tough to figure out what to say with her, about her. I pretty much said everything you can say about her. She's the mega jobber of the series. Yes. Like, you normally have that sort of character separate to the woman where, like, they come out, they do the job to, like, show this person's tough. But because they've combined it with, like, being this weak woman, because the author, just across all of his series, really doesn't like no. women. No. He's gone, like, oh, women can be warriors, but this one can't. And they definitely can't. Like, just keeps finding ways to make her look weaker and weaker. She cries a lot. She collapses for shaking too much a lot. You could split her into two characters. You have one weak guy and a girl who's okay, and it wouldn't be nearly as, like, a Offensively bad, but yeah. by combining the two traits, she just is the worst. I'm just thinking about Jordan from Ballin' Out Super, that picture of Vegeta with boobs when you're thinking about a jobber woman, because <laughs> Vegeta's the biggest jobber in Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> oh god, Vegeta is the biggest jobber. He is, but they at least show Vegeta kicking ass enough times where you can forget that he's a huge jobber in between the jobbing. You can only get the Worf effect if Worf wins once in a while. <laughs> I believe that you can sum up her entire character as the author saying, I'm not sexist, but... <laughs> <laughs> 
Yes, yeah. Can can you imagine a guy who went on to do a series where like a skinhead boy blasts the clothes off of women? Like, can you can you believe that this is that same author? A hundred percent. By the way, also it is so hard to even remember what happened in SWAT. I don't even know if what you said was a SWAT reference. This is his fourth series I'm thinking of, Mitsuri Shinken, where it's about like a guy going, these women are too tough and getting too big for themselves. Time for me to beat them into submission and remove their clothes. And he's the hero. This guy is definitely an incel. Yeah, that doesn't shock me at all. I'm sure he looks back on this series as, oh, that time when I briefly extremely feminist. Like, <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> God, that sucks. Sad thing about Tsukushima before we move on, uh, in the author profiles uh, in the magazine where he like explains stuff about the series, points out that fans apparently didn't like that she looked so much like Zahn, and that's how you know someone can't draw more than three character types when he tries to make the woman of the series and just goes, it's just a main character with flat hair. Oh wow, you're talking about two characters who might look exactly the same? Well that's funny! Called out a segue. Wow, what a segue, jeez. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> why don't you tell us about the fucking Iscar Ichigo? Uh, who, who are you talking to? I don't even know. Whoever wants to. I fucking, I hate this series. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess this guy's name is Suranaki. I knew him as Scar Ichigo. And the reason is because the next character on this list is apparently named Sasamori. And his thing is that he's Ichigo, but he looks like he's smoking a joint. But yeah, Suranaki is like a sword guy, but he's also a ninja, but he's also an asshole, except he's actually a nice guy. There you go. That's his whole fucking character. He throws shuriken. He also kind of wants to die in combat, and the main character's like, I can't let you die. Oh yeah, he does like the honor thing. And he also, I'm sorry, I've been a complete asshole here and totally unfair to the author. There is exactly one, there is a huge, huge visual difference between Suranaki and Sasamori, and that is that uh, Suranaki has slightly taller hair. Slightly. I still love how there was a <laughs> shot where they were in the same shot together and the author realized, I think, while he was drawing that, how they look exactly the same. And he slightly changed Sasmori's character design <laughs> so that they wouldn't look so blatantly the same. Like he changed the way he drew his eyes just in that one shot. Yeah. His hair gets smaller over the series. Sasamori's hair, I mean. Yeah. Like the more I was looking at it, the more I'm convinced it happens because they're like, okay, that's the one difference I can make work. They also have kind of similar personalities too. You don't say. They're both just fight boys. Just different sorts of fight boys. They're both literally just Ichigo. I, I think you could argue Suranaki is more of a uh, Naruto character, but Sasamori is literally Ichigo. Like, literally Ichigo. Now, would you have given him thoughts for points if he made it like a reveal that they were twins or something? I would have. I would take away points for that at this point. <laughs> I don't think he has points to take away, Maxi. It would have been something. I'm not saying, oh, that's the that's what he could have done. What he should have done is just make the characters look different. But at least then it would have been like, okay, he's not just completely inept. He just had this dumb idea. But at least he did it, I guess. If the author knew how to use things like screen tones, he could like give a character grey hair. So like yeah. they look different to both just being default blonde. But the guy literally does not know how to do that. And so like you only get blacks and whites and it's um a little limiting, which doesn't help anyone look different from each other at all. Oh, I was gonna say it just feels like these are some negatives, so do we wanna shift into why it failed? <laughs> um yeah, sure. I feel like the entire episode is just why it failed, but let's uh let's go in there. <laughs> All right, so we're, we're cutting in, but finger guns, dull ass swords, yeah, yeah, it was a dull ass transition. So Jordan, though, why don't you kick things off by telling us what were the, mm, I think, relatively minor criticism you had about the series? 
every single fight works the exact same way. Like it's the exact same fucking way. Like I mentioned Zahn just magically activates Deus Ex Machina Kaoken when he's uh, when he's losing and he gets better. But yeah, that's literally every fight. Zahn shows up. He's like, oh, I'm weak, I'm weak. And then everybody starts getting their asses kicked. And then Zahn's like, oh, maybe I'll like start not being terrible. And then he just gets better and wins. And it's so boring and it adds nothing to what's happening. It's just, ugh. Yeah, it's so bad. Every fight is exactly the same as well because they don't establish any sort of kind of system to how fighting works. No, they don't. Another thing this author does, which I think is possibly the most crippling aspect of his writing, is that he doesn't ever set anything up until no. he will set something up literally the moment he pays it off. So it doesn't feel like there's any payoff. What happens is something happens and then a character turns to another character and is like, OK, so this is why you should care about what you just saw. Even like the breakthrough techniques you see him like whip out in the fights, like they happen and it goes, oh, well, I read it in the book. And it's like, really? The, the book that never comes up outside of when you just reveal something new? It's like, Jesus. It was a fencing book. It's a completely different type of sword. How are fencing techniques going to be relevant when you're using a slashing weapon versus a thrusting weapon? I think that might technically be a little translation snafu. I think it's supposed to be fencing in the sense of sword fighting oh, rather okay. than fencing the sport, which is... Uh, and so I'll give him credit there, but crucially, I forgot to actually look at it in my copy to go and check for sure. So maybe he is just stupid. It is also possible. <laughs> I mean, hey, maybe it's uh, fencing in the sense of selling stolen goods. Oh, that would improve this series immensely. <laughs> he just puts up a fence. <laughs> and, and this is actually a prequel to Build King. A manga about fencing, like just a dude trying to sell stolen materials to a pawn shop, would be infinitely more interesting than Zahn. It says a lot about my understanding of fencing that I can only picture like a Khajiit from Elder Scrolls, <laughs> like being like, ah, oh, what wears if you brought me today? I have wares if you have coin. All right, but we have to get back into the topic. Yeah, this plot was so bad. And then this series, like every character has zero agency. Everything is just having them react to things happening to them. Like none of these characters have goals or interests. There was the thing about his dad for like 10 seconds. And then the series, I'm pretty sure forgot about that. Yeah, it never comes up. If I think about it really hard, there was sort of an implication. This implication only happened because there was absolutely nothing else. But there was sort of an implication maybe uh, his dad's possessing him or something. But again, that's just because there was absolutely no explanation. So I had to search for like anything that might fill that gap. But other than that, it's completely fucking meaningless. And here's another thing. Literally every single time somebody notices he has this dull sword, they all say, did you know that sword's actually very powerful? Unless you're a beginner. I bet you're a beginner. Oh, wow. You're actually not a beginner. And then somebody else sees the sword. and It's like, wow, he has that sword. That's really bad unless you're really good at it. They say it over and over again. I get it. They really want you to know this sword is the, the special item of the series. But all it really comes down to is just it would have looked bad if they had the baby face main character making characters bleed. So they've just gone, oh, he just bruises them real hard. It's such a, a weird thing that they have to keep driving home because they need to have this blunt sword be the thing that makes him a hero as well. Not just that it wins the fights, but it doesn't hurt people the same way every other sword does, which is kind of wild. Fuck. I just realized, you know what would have been the best thing that would have made the series 10 out of 10, Jordan? What? So, you know how there's Ichigo with a joint? Yeah. If he was like, your sword, that's not my kind of blunt, and then he just lights up. <laughs> you know what? I agree. I would actually yeah. completely turn around and say this series is the best thing I've ever read. <laughs> <laughs>
I will sell this idea to you slightly more by telling you that uh, when this came out, the first chapter, it was the same week as One Piece chapter 420. Nice. Yeah. On purpose. I love oh, it. Yeah. That's why we have Maxie Maxi on the show for details oh, like that. Thank you, Maxie. That was very necessary information that I was lacking. It adds, so, it adds like a ton of context. <laughs> yes. Bless you. I also want to point out in the art, we shit it on a lot, but again, I noted in the chibi, but my God, does it not change? Every single panel is square. I also feel like this looks like it was drawn in Microsoft Paint. Well, that's because the scan quality is trash. Oh, yeah. This is taken from like MQ Raws back in oh, 2006 okay. all right, all right, from Paypaxes. However, as someone with the high quality digital version on Bookwalker, I can tell you, no, it still looks like it was drawn in Microsoft Paint. Oh, there you go. Just like current Microsoft Paint more than old pixelated Microsoft Paint. Mm. <laughs> it is a uniquely ugly series. You feel like the box tools come out a lot and, you know, maybe occasionally a parallelogram for a dynamic panel. Whoa. But like it's really, really unadventurous in its storytelling. Which, you know, sure, it's a debut series, but man, it is boring to look at. There is so little ambition in this series, it is shocking. I do want to talk about the art really quick before I talk about that, though, because there is one panel in particular that just had me cracking up, where the eyepatch guy, I guess his name's Tojo, I don't fucking know, he shows up and he just kills Sasuke in, like, one panel. Yeah, that was, I actually love that. And yeah, what happens when you get cut, David? Do you uh, float in the in the air like five inches, start T-posing and rotate 45 degrees? Yeah, that's happened to me every time I've gotten cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I do also want to point out the low quality actually made that panel get uh, look better. Because when I saw the high quality, you could really tell there's like dust clouds in the background. And he just kind of drew some vague swirly lines that look like shit. <laughs> Oh yeah, because there's no backgrounds in this series at all. Like, he does not know how to draw them. The best part about that particular cut as well is, so he gets cut, big page, he's falling backwards, blood spraying out, apparently propelling him through the air. Yeah. And then the next panel, he's actually fallen forwards instead. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Continuity does not exist in this. You'll see this, if someone's hair is blowing in the wind and like, let's call it the camera, like our lens, if it moves to then show them from the other side, their hair's blowing the other way. So it's like, instead of wind blowing consistently one direction, it's like the wind's blowing across the page and every character's hair is going that direction. But it's more dynamic. (laughs) It's so bizarre. It's like he's never thought about how to draw a comic. And even as an illustrator, even if you took every panel by itself, they're flat, they're unpleasant. Have you looked at the hands in this series? I'm going to. They're literally a square with rectangles coming off them. I can draw better hands. I can't draw for toffee. I don't get paid for it in a magazine. <laughs> can't draw for toffee. That might be the most British expression I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> so this is it. The Britishisms are coming out. I'll be full William Regal by the end of this episode. Oh, we love it. <laughs> I just want to say, I think every British guest, because Jordan, how many British guests have we had? We've had Hassan and Masako X, I think. Yeah. Or, am I forgetting anyone? So uh, we are three for three for having very awesome British guests. Yes. Yes. Being on the same level as those two, now you really are taking the mick with me. <laughs> yes, the big three, Hassan, Masako X, and Max. The big three British people in England. That's it. Yes. Because of the three people that anyone cares about in England. <laughs> yeah, did you guys have to fight over who gets to be on the £10 bill? We get a crown, but it's like a sort of Burger King paper crown. Oh, good, the the good. royal budget's been going down in recent years. <laughs> oh my god. All right, we are off track. Let's get back into it. So what else do we want to say negative about this series? The series art style doesn't really strike me as manga. What it reminds me of is 12-year-olds trying to draw Invader Zim characters. Yeah. 
this is perhaps the most deviant art art style manga. Like yeah. we said that about Beachy, but this is even more so. This is what twelve year olds in deviant art were trying to draw. This is so much worse than Beachy's like art. I think it's generally worse than Beachy too. I don't think there's anything that says better that than Beachy. Yeah, and Beachy was also terrible. Yeah, that's like really damning for us to say that because we hated Beachy. But it's very clear that just in terms of how they're drawing like the faces and the angles and stuff, it's like very clearly the same era of design aesthetics, at least uh, in mm-hmm. in terms of what nerds who are bad at art like. Totally. Like, if you, the specific sort of deviant art or like teen drawing trend I'm always thinking of is when you're trying to draw anime style and you forget that foreheads exist. Yeah! <laughs> and this has got so much that because the eyes are so big, it goes eyes, head, which, like, if you were to show me an x ray of a Zahn character's head, I would scream and never stop. Like, it would be a terrifying concept. Ah, <laughs> oh, God. They're all very 2D in a neat way as well. Like, not to go make this a positive. I actually kind of like how amateurish it looks at times because yeah. it almost makes me think of like, if you did paper puppets, that's what these series would be. Because <laughs> not a puppet. single character has visual depth to them. So like, you could literally just wave them about on sticks and make your own sort of budget anime. It's great. And by great, I mean terrible. I mean, look, with better writing, I think that you could find a way for this art style to be good, but that's not what we got. So... This is the sort of art style you'd get in, like, a gag manga, right? Yeah. And it would work there, because comedy can look however you want it to if it's funny. That's literally High School Family. Yeah. High School Family's artist is extremely talented. He has got wonderful proportions paneling. The art style he has chosen, I think, is why you bring it up. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, like, d- drawing in a way that's deliberately amateurish. It's like uh, the, the author of High School Family, their previous series, Isabe Isabe Monogatari, yeah. was great because it was all drawn in a ukiyo a art style. You know, the old Japanese wood panel thing. I can never pronounce it correctly. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so the guy is super flexible because he'd be drawing it in a way that both looked like that and looked a little bit deliberately crappy. But <laughs> if he wants to, he can draw something that looks really refined and brilliant. Like, he's a very flexible artist, and I think that's part of why the author of One Piece loves him so much uh yeah i just love high school family oh of course i will get back on it someday i dropped it a while back because i was struggling to find loads of things to read and jump but mm-hmm. then i've just like dropped all but 10 series so i've got room again <laughs> i can start there you go nice. <laughs> all right but speaking of things that we enjoy why don't we go into the bosses about this series where i think we'll probably all have one thing to say each and then we'll keep going i think we should bring in the most positive guy in the chat maxi <laughs> do you mind telling us what were the things that you enjoyed about this series because i'm not gonna lie this is probably the shortest positive section i've ever had in my notes yeah. So this one may be one that people would disagree with me a lot on, but I actually really appreciate that because Sugita is really, really scared of using screen tones and like pretty much uses them only three different points in the whole series. Yeah. He has to be really good at using his blacks and his spot blacks in particular, which is where you like you make like solid black for impact. Oh, this reminds me of another series, Jordan. Oh? So Gunblaze West, I said that was the one good thing the author <laughs> did well with the art. And Jordan just shitted on me for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, you can't underestimate the power of good spot blacks. It's part of why Bone is such an amazing yeah. comic. Please understand, I'm not comparing Zahn to Bone. Uh, Jeff Smith's Bone is far, far better than Zahn. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. The spot yeah. blacks in this are actually surprisingly good. I'm just remembering when I recently Googled Bone Collection and just showed up. Oh, here's the Bone Collection for the good comic yeah. Bone. Okay, thanks. I do love Bone. I actually finished reading it like a month ago. Bone is great. We should try and get him on, Jordan. I'll send him an email after this. Yeah, and look, we're already talking about fucking Bone. All right, so let's go back to yeah, what... because any chance not talking about Zan. 
So part of the thing that's great with those blacks is the school uniforms. Because they're solid black, it means they can do these neat things where the legs and arms can just disappear into them, which is a great way of covering up the fact that you can't draw legs and arms, and like it makes it look like an artistic choice rather than just being terrible. Yeah. Hey, that is clever in a way. It's like how Rob Liefeld was really great with his posing to make sure feet never showed up in the frame. <laughs> it's exactly like Rob Liefeld, who follows me on Twitter for some reason. Oh, we should have Rob Liefeld on. We the- should have Rob Liefeld on. I hear he's really a really nice person. He's excellent to talk to, but his opinions suck. Hasn't he gone from like being one of the worst artists to being like extremely mediocre, where like no one would even know about him at the quality he's drawing right now? Probably. He does draw feet now, but it looks more like someone's attached a kite, someone's leg, like that sort of rhombus shape, which is close to a foot. I kind of feel like Rob Liefeld just should have gone all in on it and just like gotten crazier and weirder and like more fucked up looking. But again, this is not related to Zod. So I do want to say I, I agree with you. There are aspects of this style that I think are interesting. The art style. They're very geometric. You do have those really stark black tones and stuff like that. And there are panels where I think it works. But that is the minority of panels. Generally speaking, it really does look like, oh, this was a first draft drawing that he didn't give a fuck about and didn't go back and fix. And that's kind of Zahn in a nutshell, I feel like. Damn, this was supposed to be the positives. You could bet money the editor never like went back to him and said, you need to redo this. Like He just went, fuck it, we'll publish it, it's fine. It's in the magazine now, it's done. I think maybe Shonen Jump had like six months where they just didn't have anything to put in there and they were like, hey man, can you get something to us in like a day? It's like Beast Children. Yeah. <laughs> you don't even know how bad this period is actually. Really? Maybe over this time period you get a couple of things that stick out, like To Love Ru would happen slightly earlier. You get P2 Let's Play Ping Pong, which is like a year runner, so sort of that hardball cop and dolphin level of doing okay. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you have Hands, which is one of the shortest manga in the history of Weekly Shonen Jump. You have like a Juki Ningen Jumbo, the, f- the follow-on series to Shaman King by Takai that was oh so God. bad he gave up after 10 weeks. <laughs> and you have Corrector MMY, which was by the Madaka Box artist. And there is nothing you can even say about it. It's got lightsabers and tits and it did poorly. That sounds great. Oh my god. It is a dearth of time in Weekly Shonen Jump because all the popular stuff had started in 2004 and 2005 and the magazine was full. Ooh. And there was no digital publishing either at that time. Oh no, not at all. It was all print all the time and it lived or died by the little postcards people were sending in. So it's Miracle Zone got published in the first place. That's something to praise it for. It made it in the magazine. It ran for 18 weeks and it ended. Technically 19 weeks because there was a double issue. Maybe it was like a make a wish thing. <laughs> well, no, because he never died. Well, maybe he faked it. Oh, the scandal. <laughs> Does this remind me of God's people? Offer did actually die after he made it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh, it was a downer to end the episode on. <laughs> yeah. In a very sad way, you would almost appreciate Zan more if the author. No, I'm not going to say it'd be better if he died afterwards. It would spare us the other series, but that would maybe be a little mean on the author. I take that one back. I'm fine living in a universe where SWAT didn't exist. SWAT was so damaging, though. I don't know. I wish it never happened. Maybe instead he just put out Zahn and realized, oh, I suck at this. I'm going to do something else. Yeah, we are off topic. Yes, I have two positives. So first of all, this is a really cool setting, which as we talk about where it could have gone, I had like five different ideas of where I could have done something with this rude idea, which at least says it was an interesting seed of an idea. The second one's, I think they actually show people being badly hurt by swords more than I was expecting. Like they actually show people being scarred and wounded in blood and like almost, not almost dying, but I, I will say I was expecting it to be treated with zero sense of seriousness and there was a very slight sense of oh being cut by a sword actually you can die from that shows how low my expectations were that they at least did the bare minimum of establishing that you get hurt when you get cut by a sword yeah there's a lot of blood loss in this series 
Yeah, we just read Gunblaze West, where that author, whose name I will not speak, decided <laughs> to have a gun manga, but realized, shit, I can't just have the main character kill everybody. How am I going to do this manga about fucking guns? So he just, like, hits people with guns. He punches people with, while he's holding his gun. <laughs> it's great. I don't know if you're familiar with that series, Maxi. I've not listened to the episode yet, so I don't know if my six-word summary made it in, but I definitely tried to include that. <laughs> I think it did. As long as you get it before we physically start recording, I usually double check. And for context, if people aren't sure, so just for a reminder, if you join the Shonen Flop Discord, which you can find a link to it in our show notes or on our site, we have a space where I will say what the series is every week, and then you can submit your six-word summary and we'll read them off in the show. I said I just use the six-word summary as an excuse to dunk on him. Totally justified. I incredibly support that. But David, you kind of pointed something out, which is there are moments in this manga where you could see, oh, hey, you accidentally struck on something potentially interesting. But he doesn't realize he did that. He does nothing with it because he can't write and he can't yep. set things up or explain things like about halfway through the manga. You know, what? this I'm just getting into where it could have gone now. So got one more for you quickly. This is a very minor thing. And it says how little I, I liked about the series. It's nice that it's got some cool cameos in it. You have Soft On and Beauty from Bobo Bo on the chapter one color page, <laughs> along with Zoro from One Piece. What? You only really see it in the color pages, so it doesn't work well in the volumes. <laughs> but on the first page in color, he's sitting there with the black bandana on, white top, and his shorts or whatever. Like, it's 100% supposed to be Zoro. And then you've got Soft On, or a guy with poopy brown hair, chasing a pink haired girl into the toilet. Oh, that's which hilarious. is a really weird thing for a brother to do to a sister. It's completely needless references. So now there's absolutely no excuse for the fact that guy looks exactly like Sasuke, is what you're telling. Yeah. Absolutely zero. It's almost definitely trying to be clever. <laughs> God. In chapter 8 at the end of volume 1, you just you randomly have Ryotsu from Kochikame in there. <laughs> it was the 30th anniversary of that series, so Aww. everyone was just putting him in. And so for a brief moment I was thinking about a good comic, and I was like, oh, that's a nice feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. But you know what else is a nice thought? Where it could have gone? Where it could have gone. So let's mosey on into that. So let's just round Robin what all of our thoughts are. So my first one is, imagine though, if it played it straight that the main character got like a really serious concussion, like the third chapter, and then it just kind of turns into like million dollar baby where it has to deal with him like his life after he <laughs> has a trauma traumatic brain injury and it becomes like really serious. And then Clint Eastwood kills her, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, Zoro oh, yeah. kills him at the end of this. <laughs> well, yeah, it ends with him going to the hospital. What if, like, the time skip, they were like, oh, yeah, I unplugged his life support. What if this entire manga was just him in a coma, matching it after his head injury? His dying dream? Yeah. Like a Jacob's Ladder ash. <laughs> it turns out his secret personality thing is just because he's, like, got swelling of the brain from taking a bad hit. Yeah. Like, there's absolutely things you could do there that are really depressing, but it would be interesting. Maybe it's like his softer, like uh, timid personality is the personality that showed up when he got hit in the head. And then, yeah, when he gets serious, like, oh, his old personality comes back. It's fucking something. You've come really close to the plot of the one shot that led to this series. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought Jordan for a second was about to recommend what if it was double Taisei, but about sword fighting. Oh, that would improve her. What if it was double Taisei, but about sword fighting? <laughs> there you go. I like that, actually. That's awesome. <laughs> Everything should be double Taisei. That's like a fun series to just think about. We are already talking about double Taisei, all right? Anything we could do to not talk about some, we keep saying it. Oh, we haven't mentioned Mora King yet. Oh, yeah, Mora King. You know what would have made this series better? What if it was Chainsaw Man? Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think we've <laughs> talked about every all of our favorites. Well, wait, what if it was Ice Shield 21? Or Dr. Stone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Or fuck it, Gurren Lagann and G Gundam, too. 
and Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. <laughs> okay, but yeah, so my idea here is towards the end of the manga, you start seeing all these characters talk about Bushido, and they start talking about the way of the warrior. And that has never been brought up before that, really. It's just suddenly, oh, these guys really care about it. And it's like, why should I care? Because that's really a way that you could take this manga, because the premise is it's like, okay, it's like real world, but everyone's got swords. And how does that change the culture? Of course, in this manga, it doesn't change the culture. But that kind of gave me a glimpse of what if in this world, it was very similar culture-wise to how it is now, but everyone was just super into Codes of Honor and super into Bushido in like a way that they aren't right now. It would be something. It would be like, okay, there's some kind of character here. And then when you had characters suddenly pulling out this Bushido shit, you'd be like, oh, I get it. Yeah, okay, I understand. But because that's not there, it's just stupid. I love that so much because, like, there is a very interesting question this series is asking by, by being like, what if swords had never been banned? Yeah. You could see a world, like, completely warped by that idea, like, where, again, like, if school somehow revolved more around swords instead of just being a place you go to where you're allowed to hold a sword, you don't see a single class where swords are related to anything going on. They just go to class like a normal teenager in a normal setting. Yeah. <laughs> like, do something with the fucking yeah. premise, you know? Right? The series doesn't show anything that's not related to sword fighting, though. I feel like that's a strong metric, is if you see the character's extended family is, like, a great barometer to see if the series actually puts any effort in to high school-related plots. Like, you know, which watch? You see mm. his dad really early on. Well, comparison, philosophy school, you see their family for, like, one chapter, and that series is garbage. This, they don't leave the school <laughs> in the entire series. No! I think the entire uh, series takes place over two days. It's like part five of JoJo. School is just a building to hang out in. That's what the series is telling us. Yeah. And do you know why? Why? Because it's really basic and you don't need to draw backgrounds. Yep. <laughs> That's fair. Everything's a plain war. This is the most basic manga you could possibly make. Because do you know why everyone has swords? The only reason is because he knew that he needed to get to a situation where you had teenagers fighting each other with swords in a school. Because that's what manga is, apparently. Because swords were popular in manga back in 2006. They were like the thing everything had. Maxi, do you have any other things that you would like to change or pitch inspired by this? Yes, I alluded to it earlier. This series should pivot to gag. It should have always have been a comedy series. Yes. Because like in a world where swords are commonplace, you can do so many gags about swords when they shouldn't be. Like tiny swords for toothpicks. Like we talked about someone cutting up a cucumber with a katana. Yeah, a lawn rake made out of daggers. You could go completely silly with it, like make it so much about swords that like everyone's completely insane. Like your your side character is a massive sword pervert. Like everyone's trying to have like a romantic sort of confession scene and he's doing it with like a sheaf. I love that. I'm just imagining, like, at the end of the series, after it ran for 15 years, he gets, like, married to the female main character, and they show their wedding, and it just shows a sword sheathing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's exactly, that's probably the best metaphor you could come up with after the wedding. Oh, yeah, you go, go to full family guy with it, though. Have the sword be slightly too big for the sheath, and it's just <laughs> destroying it. The sword, like, retracts in the handle to the, oh, I'm sorry, I'm nervous. It's usually not like that. <laughs> I like one of those child's daggers where it just Fuck, goes in. That's really good. <laughs> Speaking of sword sheathing, I thought if some ideas were, like, not to completely change the genre, but I thought it would be cool if, like, what if instead of it being, like, this weird-ass blunt sword, his sword is, like, enchanted or something where he can't unsheath his sword, so he has to fight with a sheath sword, which he kind of uses his sheath. Like, that's, like, the power is he has to figure out, like, how to become strong enough to unsheath this, like, restricted sword or something that his father left him. Oh, that'd be great. It would be a character motivation and it would be plot. Yeah. It's like, why is it like that? <laughs> Imagine having character motivation. I feel like this author accidentally set up a bunch of things and did, just didn't notice. Yeah. Because they change all the time. When you change ideas all the time, it's like a broken clock twice a day, you know? 
by the way, in your in your sore world thing, I actually had a note of that match. And if there's like a woman taking a baby in a care, like a taking her sword in a stroller, like it's a baby. <laughs> or a baby with like a tiny sword. Oh, that, that, that'd be perfect. Baby with like a sword as a pacifier. Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. This needs to be a sword-obsessed world. That's what it, that's what happens in manga and anime. You know, Yu-Gi-Oh! It isn't just that they play cards. It's that the entire world is structured around a children's card game. And that would have been a lot better here. It's like, you have to commit, throw yourself fully into the idea. Anytime someone half-asses it, the series dies. Like, this is very much that. I also have one last thought. To get into that whole point of how the author accidentally has good ideas, in chapter four, they talk about how the main character has like really weird footwork. And it gave me the idea is what if the main character, like say for some reason, he can't learn normal sword technique. So he has to learn it from different other forms of martial arts or weapons and has to adapt them to a sword technique. So like in that, he was essentially doing boxing footwork in a sword duel. And that would be cool to show like, how do you adapt non-traditional skills into traditional sword fighting to give him like a unique advantage versus his opponents? Yeah. Like that's the whole point. It's like, with that footwork, you can't predict where he's moving because he's moving so strangely, but that's definitely not something that would be taught in traditional swordplay. As awful as this manga was, if it had gone the Nehru route, where it was like he just had like this weird manual of things to do, this awkward fencing manual, and he had to keep going back and looking at it, and that might have been a more consistent thing, it would have been something, and it would have been kind of interesting. You could do stuff with that. I mean, it probably wouldn't have been interesting because this, ar- this author slash artist is terrible, but a better one could have done a better job. Yeah, better anything on anything could do a better job. If this, you know what? If this manga, uh, if the plot was better, it could have been better. All right, thanks. <laughs> Big hot take from Jordan. That's the review, one sentence. If it was good, it'd be good. I know you guys really want to talk about miscellaneous spots, so let's move on to that. All right, Max, you have 45 minutes. I don't know if that's enough time for you to get through all your miscellaneous thoughts. Well, (laughs) no, Maxie, please, though, please uh, tell us all of the interesting observations and thoughts that you just felt you couldn't have got. You weren't able to express yet on the show. So a lot of these are things that actually exist outside of the series thing and its place in Jump history. Because it started at like a, a really weird time. Like I mentioned the, the Kochikame anniversary. So it got to go and be part of this massive book that had like all these big authors, like the creator of Bastard, the creator of Hunter Hunter, who was on hiatus at the time, all drawing tribute images. What? He was on hiatus? No fucking way. The first really big one as well. So like back when it was novel, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> So you had all these authors coming back from retirement stuff, doing these little images, being like, hey, well done, Koshikame, for running like 30 years without ever taking a break. And then you had series that were like dead in the water, ready to be cancelled, like Zan in there being like, hey, I'm also here. I'm glad I'm in the same magazine as you, Sensei, which is like so (laughs) wild and an opportunity far beyond anything this author deserved. Imagine in reprints, they just took him out. They cropped him out of it. Oh, I would, I would laugh so much. It would be mean. But the thing is, the little one-page comic it did, it was terrible. It's just this little thing like, hey, I'm going to arrest you because I'm the cop from Kochikame. And it's like, oh, actually, swords are allowed here. And he goes, oh, I guess I'm the silly one and runs <laughs> off. And that's basically how it goes. And like, th- these had amazing ones. This had things like Ryotsu trying to convince Edward Elric from Formula Alchemist to go and make gold, even though it's against the rules. <laughs> or like him going up against Ichigo from Bleach and being like, here's my Bankai. And he goes, Bankai, and pulls a revolver on him. Yeah. And 
and Ishiba's like, that's a gun, please don't do this. That's amazing. It's so good! And Zan just had nothing, which like is so funny to me. It also got a rare thing. Whenever there's a double issue jump, we all know the thing, every series is on the cover, and it got to be part of a big special summer one where there was a boy's cover and a girl's cover, so you got to see all the heroines, which is so funny to me because you get all these like really well-fleshed-out characters, and then it's just Tsukushima in the background in what can probably tastefully be described as two, <laughs> oh no, three white triangles on a stick figure, and it's like, I'm also here. Oh, God. That is a huge blind spot for us, just the context of what it was like when it was running, and that, yeah, that adds a lot. Oh, yeah. I also feel like Kochikame is probably the most important manga that um, Americans are just completely unexposed to. Oh, 100%. They've tried to bring the anime over a few times, and even that's too scary to do. I know absolutely nothing about it. Me too. Other than, like, brief things I've seen, but it is apparently one of the biggest manga ever. Yeah, 201 volumes. It ran 40 years. Never took a break. Not once. God damn. Yeah. And here's the thing. A lot of those chapters are good. Like, it had its off weeks when I was checking out, like, Raws of it now and then back in the day. But it stayed mostly good the whole way. The author finished that and started doing four whole series afterwards. And they were all good. Like, he never stops. He's in his 60s now. It's amazing. Oh, my God. So he's like the original Oda. Totally. He is like a machine, but unlike Oda, like, they never thought to actually make him take a break. Jesus. He has a lot of assistance. <laughs> he has, like, a named studio that helps him, which is the trick. That's good, yeah. I feel like Monk could definitely need more assistance. Yeah. Definitely. It's a good way to go, especially if the assistants uh, get named in the volumes. I always love that. That's how you make completely insane charts with lines connecting everybody. Oh, okay. That makes sense. That's so cool. Max, I really appreciate your like unique perspective on all the manga stuff. Manga stuff. Thank you. It's just because I'm getting old and I've been part of this world for too long. Hey, so have we. Me too, man. <laughs> the other interesting thing, I'm sure you guys will probably have noticed this in passing, but not giving it much thought. Not to downplay it. That makes it sound like I'm dissing you guys. It's just not something you'd really think about. I'm not being mean, I swear. The colour page, the second <laughs> colour page happens in chapter three instead of chapter two, because it's from a very different time to nowadays where it goes colour page, colour page, extra pages, where your second colour page would be just at some point within the first five chapters, which shouldn't feel that weird. But when you're so <laughs> used to it, you're just having this thing of like reading chapter two going like, I've not seen a colour page. Was this just that unpopular? And it's no, it's just they didn't have a solid plan on how they debuted series back then. Just completely meaningless little note. That's so interesting. Yeah. I, I found it kind of entertaining to go back to just being like, oh yeah, times were different. And also this colour page is the worst because it's got like some terrible like gradient background made using CG and then the stick figures in front of it. It's, oh, the colour pages in this series aren't good. That's my other miscellaneous thought. No, they're not. <laughs> Very few things in this series are good, actually, believe it or not. Those are some really good thoughts, Maxi. I had, I think, two small thoughts. One is, I'm pretty sure the translator thought the word weird was spelled W-I-E-R-D, because that typo kept showing up in the translation I read. I don't know if you noticed that, Jordan, but it happened at least four or five times. I was skimming too fast. Yeah. <laughs> and then I love how in SWAT, one of the lessons he clearly learned was this, oh, I need to establish a power system. That's why this series didn't work. The other one was we need more boobs. And they made like one of the stupidest power systems we'd ever seen. Oh, and more boobs. Yes. Yes, yes, please. That's a very important, very important lesson. Female character wasn't sexualized enough and he needed a power system. Yeah. Did you guys notice that, like, apparently Scar Ichigo was just not wearing a shirt? Because I didn't notice <laughs> until someone called him naked. I saw that. He had, like, a puka shell necklace. Good for him. Yeah. The weird thing is, is he also, he calls uh, smoking Ichigo naked as well because he doesn't have facial hair, but neither of them do. Oh my god! I'm 
sorry, I got it completely flipped around then, because that's what I was talking about, I guess. But I couldn't tell which character was talking. Because they look the same. There you go. There you go. You told me when I mentioned this, like, oh, one of the guys has, like, thicker eyeliner. But then I saw two panels right next to each other, and they both had the same eyes. So it's like, uh, So I think it's just completely inconsistent. Yeah, it's so inconsistent. Well, if you can believe it, Sasamori was designed to be the pretty boy of the series, but you can't tell because he looks exactly like everyone else. I think there was some slight variation in chin shape, which, you know, very impressive. Wow. Yeah, but is that deliberate? No. It's yeah, not. that could just be he fucked up the drawing. <laughs> That's fair. All right, all right. Uh, so, shall we go into final verdict? Yeah. Let's start things off with some six-word summaries. We're going to take it to the community where we've got Agpa, an unskilled protagonist and untalented author, the laughing fool, drawing blades instead of a good manga, <laughs> T-Wolfwood, swordsman, quotes, finger quotes, swordsman, attend high school. It sucks. Well said. Yeah. Resident Warhammer nerd, you just would not make the cut. Blah Moo Moo, <laughs> teen solving problems with swords, meh. Tucker wrote, <laughs> circa 1999, how to draw manga. Jordan, how about you? Oh my God, who fucking cares? Yep. <laughs> how about you, Maxi? Don't ban swords, ban Naoya Sagita. I love yeah, it. Yeah. And mine's was bleach drained of style and substance. Yeah, yeah. If you only had two words, that would just be bleach, comma, bleached. Bleached, bleach. <laughs> yep. <laughs> bleach like my asshole. <laughs> that reminds me of the greatest lyric Kanye West ever said, where it was like, what? She's got a bleached asshole. I got some on my shirt, so now I feel like an asshole. <laughs> Genius. Genius. Oh, him and his giant boots. He boot too big. All right, so let's take it from the top. I think we're all universal. This is a certified flop. Certified flop. Yeah. Seven days a walk. <laughs> I think you did that joke in the last episode, Jordan. I say certified, and it's just like, oh, well, I have to finish that. I just feel like Cardi B, so I just got to keep going. Wet ass flop word, <laughs> as Ben Shabibo said. Wet ass flop. Waff. There we go. Certified flop. <laughs> just listening to waff. <laughs> All right, so Jordan, though, what should someone check out instead of those? Well, I mean, if you just want to watch a bunch of high schoolers kill each other, then, like, just watch a Let's Play of Danganronpa. You don't have to play it, but, like, you know, it's still still fun. I think Rem and Sean did it on Animated Context, so if they did, go go find that. Yeah. Danganronpa started as, like, the reason why it's popular is because there was a huge thread where some dude on Something Awful just straight up translated the entire game in the thread and just put it there. That's pretty great. And it was huge throughout, like, um, all over Tumblr. And legit, the people who make Danganronpa owe that guy, Oren Ronan, I believe his name is, they fucking owe that guy so much money because nobody even, like, the reason why it didn't come over is because everyone just assumed Americans wouldn't like this. But yeah. Yep. Again, talking about something else. Zan's Fucking flop, certified as fuck. Don't list, don't fucking read it. it sucks. Yee, yee, yee. And then how about you, Maxi? This is the most certified flop. If you want something where a form of violence takes over a school system and makes for an entertaining series of fights, read Congo Bancho by Nakaba Suzuki. I'll have to check that out. It's delinquents on massive muscle scales. The author did Seven Deadly Sins, so um... like they've got that sort of cachet of being popular. Mm. Like it's 12 volumes. I don't like telling people it's like it's all scanned, but it's probably never getting licensed. It's all scanned. You can find Ooh. it. It's easy to get a hold of. And well well worth anyone's time if you want to go and watch a giant man punch people instead of a tiny man fail to hit people with swords. I love it. <laughs> all right. And then for me, I actually am going to recommend Yu Yu Show, not because it's like super great and it holds up, but it is really interesting to see what manga was like in the early 90s. I know it was head and above almost anything else made, so it's really cool to just see how far manga as an, as an art form has evolved in the 20 years since it came out. 
There are absolutely periods of Yu Yu Hakusho that 100% stand up and 100% hold up and are still fantastic. But you really, really start to notice, hey, this has been like 20 chapters of Yusuke just being a ghost and doing fucking nothing. Yeah, and every arc kind of is like, oh, Yusuke, work on this case. Literally, the Black Tournament, I think, is the only arc that actually is based on prior events. Yeah. Yeah, as Yu Hakusho goes, Chapter Black should be required reading. Everything else is just kind of an interesting curiosity yeah. that, you know, is good, but not necessarily great. Excuse me? What about the fucking Dark Tournament? Oh my god! This is, this is heresy to me, but whatever. Is the Dark Tournament Chapter Black? No, so it's less good. <laughs> That's the rules. Oh, you guys are fucking heretics. Jordan, you are literally basing on the anime, which fixed a ton of the manga issues. The important thing to think of is that we've had a million tournament manga yeah. since the Dark Tournament. So it was probably great back then, but it's been diluted by the ripoffs over time. And it itself is kind of ripping off things like Saint Seiya, so... And you know, Dragon Ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose Dragon Ball, if, that, if that's what you like. And I do. For some reason, I didn't think about Dragon Ball, so... <laughs> yeah. I also like Dragon Ball, it's great. <laughs> Oh, God. All right. So, though, here it is. The question for us. Is this the worst thing we've ever read, Jordan? Is this worse than School Judgment? This is in the conversation. I mean, School Judgment is also a crime, is the thing. This is absolutely more poorly made than School Judgment. Nothing made, has made me feel grosser than School Judgment. Like, as much as I think Zahn sucks, I would reread Zahn before I reread School Judgment. Like, it's not even a question for me. So, by that metric, I have to say School Judgment is still worse. But, yeah. It's uh, it's in the fucking conversation. Yeah, I will second that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Like, I could and have reread this a lot over the past 16 years. School Judgment, every time I've reread it, it's been because someone's made me. And every time I get to, like, the author's notes where he's like, oh, I like it when the children have big tits. And you just kind of go like, oh, yeah. The one where he's like, oh, here's a hierarchy chart of all the, the girl's boob sizes. And by the way, this girl, oh, I wanted her to have bigger boobs later in the series. So it's like she went through a growth spurt. Fucking gross, but yeah. <laughs> that writer will never come back. I hope and not. Good fucking riddance. God. Yeah, all right, but I think I've hit my limit of talking about terrible manga for today, so why don't we go to shoutouts <laughs> and hear about some things people should actually look at. Sound good? Yeah. I want to start things off by thanking you, Maxie. You have done nothing but lived up to the hype that we heard from Joey. Thank you so much for being on the show. Do you mind telling the audience all about you and where they can find all the wonderful things going on in your world, and in particular, what they should do instead of ever, ever acknowledging the series' existence? Absolutely. So the main place to find me is on Twitter at MaxCDB. I have a nice pinned tweet there that contains all the interesting things I've ever tweeted about for things you want to know. It's usually great for learning about things like cool manga that aren't out in English yet, which I will then try and sell you using affiliate links because <laughs> I am just that self-interested. <laughs> I support that. Go for, Go you. Get that money. Exactly. On top of that, I have my website, a URL I've basically been sitting on for years because it's amazing, even though I don't use it for anything anymore. FriendshipEffortVictory.com. Can you <laughs> yes! guess it's Shonen Jump Relators? Hell yeah! Someday I'll sell that to someone for one million pounds. You watch. Huh? No, no, probably not going to happen. The main thing you can find there is a link to Friendship Effort Victory Series 1, which was a 33-episode podcast series where I talked all by myself about manga that I thought were interesting from Weekly Shonen Jump. Oh, wow. There's a lot of interesting ones in there. Some salient ones to this sort of episode are things like the cancelled popular series like Barrage that people love talking oh, about. Barrage. Oh, we remember Barrage! I hate it. I know we don't, because it won <laughs> most forgettable series. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, other things that have been covered on this show already, like Double Arts as well. Oh, so yeah. I think I'm fonder of than you guys, but that's probably nostalgia. 
Oh yeah, I mean, look, I don't hate Double Arts. Double Arts is significantly head and shoulders above Zahn, I can tell you that. <laughs> it's just less remarkable than what both Jump Editorial and myself thought it was going yes. to be. They bet the farm on that series, and it just bit the fucking dust. Yep. Yeah. But it was good podcast fodder, as I'm sure you guys also realize. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, though. Anything aside from that, oh, I'm one of the Manga Mavericks. Occasionally I'm on their podcast, nice. usually behind the Patreon wall. I won't plug that too much, but if you go to all-comic.com, you can find the Manga Mavericks podcast. I'm usually there to talk about Cancel Jump series with them, because as a bit of a running theme, it seems like it's something I know. <laughs> Clearly, I mean, you've demonstrated your expertise. I mean, thank you for noticing us, senpai. Yeah, you're a fucking legend, mate. You guys are far beyond me because you've done something interesting and popular with it. Oh, <laughs> if, you say, if you say so. <laughs> you've managed over 50 episodes and they're mostly good, which I mean, that's all you could want in life. What's the bad ones? I've not listened to all of them, so I <laughs> I have to give you the English praise as being oh, like, oh, thank it's you. quite good. It's quite good. Thank you. Thank oh, you. Well, that's very kind of you to say. It means a lot. We really appreciate that. <laughs> I'm going to tell my mom that if someone in England complimented me. Quite good. Yes, yes. That officially means that you can have dual citizenship if you Woo! get praised by an Englishman. <laughs> it is very hard to do. I know that you're putting your, your own citizenship on the line by saying that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, oh, God. But thank you so much. Yeah, it's a one-to-one -one <laughs> trade. If, if someone moves in, I have to move out. <laughs> All right. Oh, is that what Brexit is? <laughs> oh, shush. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to keep going with this. So speaking of people I want to thank, I also want to thank Jordan for making the opening ending theme, being a great co-host and helping with editing. You're welcome. I also want to give props to Merlyle for the awesome cover art. You can find her online at Lyle Murr and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Thanks to Dylan for assistance with editing. You can find his podcast, Anime Out of Context, at AnimeOutOfContext.com. Thanks to Tucker for assistance with pronunciation, translation, and other miscellaneous research. Thanks to T-Root, Ozzy Rat, and T-Wolf for bringing our awesome transcription volunteers. You can find transcripts on the site as they become available. Jordan, is there anything you want to add? Yes. Thank you so much, David, for everything that Th you do. Oh, anytime, babe. And also, more importantly, I have a new episode Fuck of you. Mission Ignition, which is a series about the show that only I remember and feels like it shouldn't exist called Vampires. <sighs> Uh, might secretly have Gary Oldman. Nobody knows for sure. Probably not. But I like to pretend it does. No. And it has music by the bassist from The Who. And it's just fucking terrible and a lot of fun. So please go listen God. to Mission Ignition, everybody. You can find it on your podcast app of choice, I guess. If you can't find it, let me know and I'll put it there. Okay, and you can find our show, Shonen Flop, on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, shonenflop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcast. And if you're not part of it, come join the Shonen Flop Discord. Open everyone, Patreon or not. Come hang with us, talk about anime, games, or whatever else is on your mind. We also have a monthly movie night, and you can find a link to it in our show notes or on our site. And if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep going, consider subscribing to our Patreon. We have a ton of awesome perks like bonus episodes on Mago Chan, Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer, and PPPPP. You could even be listening to us recording right now and hanging out with us in the warm you can find that at patreon.com slash flop. And on that note, I'm going to read some of our wonderful patrons. Starting off our Chainsaw Man patrons, I want to give a shout out to Pterodactyl Ghost and Snorting Coke off Rem's Bodacious Booty Wall Street style. <laughs> Moving on down to the Dolphin Parent, we have tracking roving animals for all loving girls in Raccoon's Wolfwood. Then, moving on down to the King of the Forest, we have Albie, Cram, Gabe Lando, Jacob, Andrew Galloway, Josh Robinson, Marty, Rachel, Scarlet Myrmidon, Selma Martinez, and the BB King BB Thub. <laughs> Enough about everything we're doing. Y'all ready to go to sign off? Yeah, I think the word Myrmidon actually means ant. Yeah, let's go. Interesting. All right, Max, are you still here? Yeah, yeah, sorry. I was just completely enraptured by the list of patrons. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm ready. I, I'm ready. This is the role I was born for. 
Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next Monday as we give our first thoughts on a series that's last, but we'll see if it's least. This has been David. <laughs> this has been Jordan. This has been Maxi. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. I demand that you keep on flopping, floppers! Yeah! Yeah! Alright, bye. <laughs> bye. Yeah.